Hi everyone, it's Jules, your host of the All Things Eisen podcast. Welcome to this week's episode. I wanted to give you an update about the thousands of earthquakes that we've been feeling and the possible volcanic eruption <laughs> that so many of you have been hearing about on the news. And it was actually quite surprising to me how this news really was making its rounds internationally and Because of that, I was getting a lot of questions from people about safety here, like such as are people feeling safe? What are people's feelings about the earthquakes? Many people, of course, have not felt earthquakes who've you know moved here in recent years. I know this is my first time experiencing it. So my feelings around it and kind of, you know, just what I'm hearing or when I'm talking to people, what they're saying, what authorities are saying here, what their plans are. There were so many questions. And so I wanted to take this episode to answer those questions and also just to give you some general information that might be helpful to give you an understanding as to what is going on on the ground here. And hopefully from this and some of the resources I will have in the show notes, which will be a link to the live cam. So if you're one of those people that wants to see the live cam on YouTube of the area, then you can check that out. The hope is, of course, that the live cam will be interesting to watch if an eruption does happen. Also, anything that I reference in terms of experts and what they've been sharing, I'll have links to articles in the show notes about that as well. And just some kind of general information about the Reykjanes Peninsula, where all of this is happening. So just lots of tidbits of information in this podcast episode. Also coming up, just because I've been juggling a lot of different things, I am experimenting with trying shorter episodes. As many of you know, I do interviews here on the podcast, but I I also want to kind of just come on more often and have more updates about different topics. And even though I love doing interviews, I just want to kind of mix it up a little bit more, kind of like what I used to have in the past where I'd have interviews and then maybe some historical stuff and things like that, but with shorter episodes. So I'm going to try that out. And if you like that type of format of like mixing it up with the time frames and of course I'm sure the information mix up will be nice but feel free to let me know in the comments whether it's on the allthingsiceland.com blog or on social media. So let's just kind of jump into feelings because there's lots of feelings here about what's happening and the first one in terms of safety the question I'm getting is am I safe and not just me but the people that live here and the resounding answer to that is yes we are safe and i live farther away from the Reykjanes peninsula than people who are in Reykjavik and as a point of reference the Reykjanes peninsula is where the blue lagoon is so the iconic blue lagoon is very close to where all of the earthquakes are happening and the possible volcanic eruption and Keplavik airport it's the international airport where people fly into and out of so that area And even though people know those two things on the Reykjanes Peninsula, it is one of the most underrated areas of this country. And it is gorgeous. Like there are black sand beaches there. There's a beautiful green lake. There's also an area that they call like a little Landmannalaugar. And Landmannalaugar is in the highlands of Iceland where it has like rhyolite mountains and everything. So it is gorgeous and hot geothermal hot springs. Like it's just, it's very, really varied. A rift And the Mid-Atlantic Ridge is also there. And the people that live on the Reykjanes Peninsula, because there are different towns like Grindavik and Keplavik and whatever else, those people are safe. 
So it's not that they're being evacuated. It's, you know, of course, if something were to happen and it needed to be evacuated, the authorities would, of course, do that. But from what I will end up telling you later on, just in terms of predictions, it doesn't seem like this would be a big volcanic eruption if one were to happen. So just want to get that part out of the way in terms of safety and distance wise, because I've been getting that question a lot too. Keplavik Airport is around a 40 minute drive to Reykjavik and I am about a 15 to 20 minute drive from Reykjavik. But to Keplavik from my house is around 50 minutes just because, you know, you're kind of on like highways and stuff. So I am decently far away. But if you think about Eyjafjallajökull, which is the volcano that went off in 2010 that caused like all of this ash to disrupt air travel and just, you know, it was horrible for a lot of people and air pollution and everything. That is hours away. That's like two and a half hours from Reykjavik. And Bárðabunka, which is another volcano that went off in 2014. It started in August of 2014 and stopped in February of 2015, that did not cause any issues internationally, but in Iceland and let off large volumes of sulfur dioxide, which is horrible in terms of air quality and it impacted people here in Iceland. And that's before I moved because I moved in 2016. So it's possible, of course, for a volcanic eruption to happen in Iceland that doesn't disrupt other people internationally, but can have a huge impact here in quality of life. That isn't the fear either for the possible volcanic eruption. But again, things could potentially change just because that's the kind of the whole point. We're at nature's mercy. So whatever happens, happens. And many of us are just kind of excitingly anticipating and waiting to see what happens. I'm one of those people that see this as like an adventure. It's super exciting. Of course, I do not want anyone to be injured. I don't want anyone to lose their homes or anything like that. And the reason why I feel excited is because the way that information is being communicated to us from Icelandic authorities is very thorough and it's very consistent and it's transparent. We're not getting like, oh, we'll let you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, experts are sharing their different views. Geology with Helga on Instagram. So she's a geologist and volcanologist and I interviewed her and I will link to the podcast episode that we did together and about, you know, what makes Iceland so unique which is really awesome. So you can listen to that. But also if you follow her, she gives updates and she's really like taken geology to social media and made it so fascinating, which is kind of hard to do when you think about how boring the topic can be for many people. But I think she's doing a great job and I'm excited to possibly have her or somebody else come on the show and do an interview about what's been happening, because I think that would just also add another element to it. I think like it's great for me to give, you know, my feelings and, and things like that. But there's so much science behind all of this that I think it would just be great to give more insight there. So we'll see if that happens. It kind of just depends on how things develop in the next coming days. Regarding earthquakes, so I felt a really big one. And many of us, all of us, you know, for the most part in the South felt a really big one on February 24th. There have been other ones after that, but because of where I'm situated, which is far enough away from the center of where all of the earthquakes are coming from, 
I don't feel it as much as my friends and family that live in Reykjavik. So a lot of those people are a lot more anxious because, like I mentioned, there's been thousands of earthquakes. And some people said they felt like their house was swaying. I not felt that. I've pretty much just, you know, took a video, put on Instagram of like my plant shaking and you can hear glasses rattling and, you know, it's really intense, but the buildings in Iceland are built to withstand earthquakes. So again, I don't feel like I was in an insecure spot or that my life was in danger. I have experienced an earthquake where I did feel really insecure regarding the building. And I was in New York in 2011, where it was a magnitude of 5.7. And that was not fun. The building was swaying. And I was also in a job that I really didn't like <laughs> at the time. And in a building that was really old in Dumbo, and which is a part of Brooklyn, for those who are not aware. And the first thought I had, and then the thought I had was like, I don't want to die in this building, in this job. This job is horrible. <laughs> not that I want to die at a job or something, but you know, it's like all of all the places. This is not where I wanted it to end for me. <laughs> so I definitely have been in a situation where it felt really scary. And the one on February 24th, I'm referring to, I believe is a 5.7 or 5.6. So also significant in terms of magnitude. And it made some people feel pretty scared. People were being woken up in the middle of the night by some of the earthquakes who live in the Reykjavik area. So this has been serious for many people. For animals, it's been difficult because obviously they don't understand what's going on. It's just they feel nervous about all the shaking and things, especially dogs. So it's been a really varied experience for so many people. And I think it's worth mentioning that the last volcanic eruption on the Reykjanes Peninsula was around 800 years ago. So just geologically wise, I mean, it kind of wouldn't be surprising if there were a volcanic eruption there because some of the experts are saying that, you know, due to geological records, that they're kind of overdue. But what are the scientists saying, right? Because that, I think, is just the most important thing in terms of predicting. And they have five possible scenarios. So one scenario is that the seismic unrest will die down in the next few days or weeks. Another is the seismic unrest will pick up and that will culminate in an earthquake up to a magnitude of six. And the third is the seismic unrest will pick up, culminating in an earthquake up to 6.5. But that would be in a slightly different area, still on the Reykjanes Peninsula, just near a different mountain. And the fourth is the magma intrusion continues close to Fagratalsfjall, which is a mountain, but the activity dies down and the magma solidifies. And of course, the fifth is the magma intrusion continues, and that ends up in a volcanic eruption, which would lead to lava flow. However, that lava flow would not likely threaten inhabited areas. So this is the key point I feel that has, at least in my mind, made people feel safer, is that yes, people live on Reykjanes Peninsula, but it doesn't automatically mean that they're going to be hit by lava flows or they're going to be impacted somehow by lava flow. This area that I'm talking about, like I mentioned, Reykjanes Peninsula is very diverse landscape, really beautiful. In fact, you can look like you're in the highlands, which is the middle of the country there. And even though you're like only 40 minutes from Reykjavik, 
this area is uninhabited. So the lava flow would have to be a lot in order for it to get to inhabited areas. However, that's not being ruled out as like a possibility, but the possibility is so slim that that's not one of the possible scenarios that they're talking about based off of the current buildup of magma that they're seeing as they're monitoring the situation. The police, though, have closed one road in the area, and that was mainly just to keep people who are eager to be there if a volcanic eruption were to happen from getting too close. Because, you know, there's always people who want to be the first to get there. I don't blame them. If I had the time to be out there and could do it safely, I would totally want to go see it. But the police closed the road down for that. And what they said, which I thought was really thoughtful, is... If there is a volcanic eruption and they find a spot that is where it's safe for people to see it, they will let individuals know that. So the police are aware that this is a phenomenon that excites and, you know, scares and makes people curious and they want to go out there and do it. Someone wrote on a recent YouTube video that he went to go see a volcanic eruption in Iceland and it was he was cooking off of the lava or something like that. I mean, like people do some like funny stuff. (laughs) And these are Icelanders that I'm talking about. So everybody, for the most part, wants to just have a little bit of fun and enjoy it from and enjoy it safely. Of course, none of us want what happened in the Westman Islands in the 1970s, which I am going to talk about on this podcast because it's so interesting. Like just the Westman Islands in general is such a beautiful, fascinating place. But just to give you a snippet of what happened, in 1973, there was a volcanic eruption there that took everybody by surprise. And they had to evacuate the Westman Islands. Like they just had to leave. And the ground, this is from accounts of people, the ground opened up and there was just lava coming out and like people's backyards, people's houses were destroyed, filled with ash when they came back. But they were displaced for a long time, either staying in different parts of the country with family and friends or just finding places to stay, period. But there was no time to pack. It was literally just grab yourself, your family, you know, your kids, animals and leave. In fact, they couldn't even take their livestock. That was how urgent it was. And so that is not the situation that we're in. That is not what is at all being predicted. So we're not worried about that. But of course, also things have changed in terms of technology and monitoring and whatever else. So we're in a very different position than in the 1970s. However, I'm sure that does still stick in people's minds (laughs) if they had experienced it back then. One thing I think is really fascinating too is that A lot of the experts are saying that an eruption on the Reykjanes Peninsula is just as likely to happen in the coming weeks as it is likely to happen in a century or two. So there is no like, this is for sure going to happen now. I will say, though, that Iceland is overdue for volcanic eruption. And I mean that in terms of just on average, there's been one around like every four to five years. So as the last ones I talked about, Bauru the Bunka was in, well, ended in 2015, and Eyjafjallajökull was in 2000. Someone else asked me about evacuations, and there are definitely evacuation plans 
for major events here in Iceland. And I'm going to link to a Reykjavik grapevine post that outlines kind of what some of the evacuation plans would be if there was a major volcanic eruption or some kind of catastrophe that happened. So you can check that out in the show notes. But all in all, I just truly appreciate that people have been so concerned and reaching out. And if you were one of those people, thank you. If you've thought about you know myself or other people here in Iceland we appreciate it we are for sure staying safe so now that I've kind of gone over just some general information I'm gonna move on to the next segment of the show which is the random fact of the episode and that random fact is that of course it's not just the volcanoes on the Reykjanes Peninsula that are acting up. There have been, you know, people, because there's a group now about like earthquakes in Iceland. So there have been people posting about rumblings and earthquakes happening by Eyjafjallajökull. So, you know, sometimes other areas are just like, hey, don't forget about us. There are a lot of active volcanoes here in Iceland and maybe it's kind of a bait and switch, you know, like the Reykjanes Peninsula kind of makes you think it's going to be over there and then all of a sudden it's a totally different volcano. The one that actually concerns me the most is Katla and that is literally right above the area of Vik. So Vik is in a valley type situation near the ocean and Katla, if it were to erupt, it would melt the glacier ice that is above it and flood Vik. And this would destroy homes and possibly kill people. And it's like really intense. So just in terms of that, like I, like I mentioned, have felt safe and confident because of the authorities letting us know, but also because it's not the volcano that I'm most kind of concerned about (laughs) in terms of proximity to people and damage. But then I could be surprised and another volcano goes off somewhere else that, you know, I was not aware could be even more detrimental. But for now, that is just the case. And I will definitely keep you updated about other things that are going on. And for the last segment of the show is the Icelandic word of the episode, which is a running joke here in Iceland because the possible volcano to erupt is actually pretty difficult to say. Surprise, surprise, right? <laughs> Such is Iceland. And the name of it is Thrauinskjaldarhroin. And I will say it slower. Thrauinskjaldarhroin. Thrauinskjaldarhroin. And just to break that down, just in terms of what it means. So Thrauin is a name old name and it's one that you will find in Njal's saga and that's actually what most Icelandic people think of when they you know hear this name and athrau means to long for or to miss and so it's possible that that verb is related to the name thrauin. Skjaldar is a form of skjöldur which means shield or armor and hroin means lava. So it could mean like Thrawin's lava shield, or it could mean the lava from Thrawin's shield, something of that nature. <laughs> but that's in essence what the word is. And Icelandic people are kind of excited about this volcano going off because foreign media would have such a hard time saying it. I mean, they've already enjoyed hearing people say or attempting to say it. I worked on that word 
a lot just because it is difficult. And Threawin Skjaldarhoin is not easier necessarily. It's different, but it still has its complexities to it that make Icelandic so unique. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. That's an update about what's happening. If you have and you enjoy my other episodes, please make sure to leave a review for the All Things Iceland podcast. Also, if you like additional content such as Folklore Friday, being able to be on video live chat with me every month, ask me any things every month that I do, you can join the All Things Iceland Patreon community. And there it's like different membership levels. And depending on your membership level, you have access to different types of content, which That in turn helps to support all things Iceland so I can keep bringing you awesome and interesting content. So as always, Vaka Thier Kailegar Firir At Klusta or Jams Flutlega.